Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 127. My name is Matt Sin, also known as Wrestle Life Matt, and I am here with my little brother Micah. Say hi, Micah. Why do you why do you do this every time? You know this is gonna you just, go. You know the way it's gotta, gonna go. How can we sell t-shirts that don't exist if you don't give out your tagline? The t-shirt says, say hi, Micah, and then nothing else. It's just three, it's an ellipses after that. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. And a picture that's of fine. Grumpy Cat right there. That's me. My <laughs> face legally, on Grumpy Cat. If we could legally get Grumpy Cat on a shirt, I'm in. Let's I would do it. Buy, I would buy a Grumpy Cat shirt. I would 100% buy a Grumpy Cat shirt, especially if your face was on it. I feel like we've talked about this before. Probably so. Yeah. It's my Grumpy Cat is my spirit animal. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's move on past that. Let's do some This Day in Wrestling history. All right, go ahead. 18 years ago today, September 2nd, 2002, Triple H was awarded the big gold belt, and WCW's World Heavyweight Championship was returned. Hold on, what? Yeah. So, basically, you remember when uh, they had the big gold belt, which was the WCW Championship, and they had it on Raw? Yeah, the good one. The good one, yes. Yeah. So, they introduced that in the WWE by just giving it to Triple H. They didn't even have, like, they just gave it to him. Yes. That's the most Triple H thing I've ever heard. It's like he won a number one contenders match against the undisputed WWE Championship. And they're like, whatever. Here you go. I think it was Eric Bischoff that gave it to him, if I remember. I can't remember. Well, yeah. that's uh, that would not go over well in today. I'm sure it didn't go over well then either. It probably didn't. Triple H was, uh, he, he kind of hogged the limelight a little bit there. Especially so. giving the WCW belt to him. Yes. However, that is well known as the best looking belt of all time. It's my absolute favorite. Like it, it I, I don't want to say it's not even close because I really love the AEW belt and I love the old school uh, WCW US title and the old old school like the one the one with the white strap that Cody wore the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. But the big gold belt, it's a pretty big runaway. And I really think it, I love the AEW it tag is. title, but I don't even think it's close. The big gold belt is just so beautiful. Yeah, I like the I like the big gold belt. Um, I like the the WWE Championship that Eddie Guerrero wore, um, yeah, just because that that's kind of my childhood. The, yeah, what do they call it, the wing? That's not, that's not, that's not the wing. That was the one after the, the winged eagle. Yeah. I don't remember if it had a name. Yeah, I don't remember what they named it, but I like that one. But this is not the podcast about belts. This is weekend review, so I, we should probably not not get on too much of a tangent. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, and uh, I'd like to be done before uh, before NXT. So uh, I want to watch that sixty minute Iron Man match. It's apparently spoiled. By the way, congratulations, yeah. WWE. Yeah, I, I I do think it's a live show, um, but they I think they just spoiled uh, from the writers' room. Uh, PW Insider is the one that spoiled it, so it probably came out of the writers' room of some sort. Interesting. It, it may not even come true. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. I'll let you can let me know what you heard after it's over because okay. uh, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I love Iron Man matches, and with Cole Gargano, Champa, and uh, Finn Balor, it's gonna be good. Yeah, it should yeah. be good. So uh, let's talk a little bit about SmackDown, and we got a lot to cover. We're gonna do. We're gonna briefly talk about Payback. AEW or SmackDown? What are, we, what are we starting with this week? Oh, AEW first. I'm sorry. That's right. uh, AEW. Then we're gonna. Do you just want to get all the crap out of the way. <laughs> we'll do Payback and Raw. Uh, but Carol and I were actually at Dynamite this last yeah. week. Yeah, we definitely uh, need to talk about that. Yeah, we'll be at Dynamite this coming up week, and then uh, the four of us, me and my beautiful wife, and Micah and Riley, will all be. And all out next week, right. so it's going to be a very exciting, very exciting show. We're going all out for AEW. 
Yes, 100%. So let's talk about Dynamite. Yeah, so I think we should first of all talk about how the experience was in the COVID era going to a live show. Um, Did you feel like all the necessary precautions and everything were followed? Yeah, 100%. So just to kind of give you a heads up of what happened, um, Daly's Place, for those of you that don't know, is an open-air amphitheater. Uh, So it is outside, although it is covered. Um, So they had us get in line to get inside. It was at 10% capacity, which means around 550 people were in the crowd. Uh, So we were all in line, six feet apart. If we weren't six feet apart, there were security guards literally separating us, which I actually thought was kind of cool. They need that Um, from Walmart. Okay. I haven't (laughs) had that experience. but (laughs) I live in South Alabama. They definitely need that at Walmart. (laughs) And just to let you know, the only reason I go to Walmart is to try to find AEW figures, which I haven't done yet. Oh, wow. Well, we'll check that when you guys are here. Yeah. We'll check it out. Um, so once you go through the line, you have to get your temperature checked. So you stand in front of a tablet, which I think was an iPad, and it scans your forehead and it tells you, you know, uh, if you have a fever. If you don't have a fever, you can go through. Uh, and then once you're through, it's that simple. And, and Daly's Place has a lot of open space. And it just looked so empty. And it was kind of great and kind of sad at the same time because we really enjoy, you know, not being cramped with a bunch of other people. Because we went to yeah. uh, the Fallen and then the four of us went to the New Year's show. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of people there. It was it was sold out of the New Year's show, I believe. Yeah. There's nobody there. So once you get to your seat, they had rubber bands on seats. Um, I do not know if this is true because I did not see it myself, but I was told that there were some people that removed rubber bands to get better seats, and they were quickly escorted out of the arena. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So, but again, I didn't see that. That's just hearsay. Uh, But I did, we did sit down, and uh, there were three to four seats in between everyone. I was a little perplexed why every single row wasn't used, um, because there were four rows in front of us that nobody was sitting in, so I I don't know why that was. Um, I do want to point out there was one guy that tried to fist bump Mox and Mox quickly went from the left side of the stairs to the right side to avoid him. Uh, and when Mox was leaving, the dude tried to do it again. I don't know if this was on TV or not, cause I didn't get to watch it on TV and Mox avoided him again. And I'm like, dude, what, why are you trying to fist bump the wrestlers? Do you not understand yeah. what's going on right now? Yeah. It's kind of, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it was dumb. So maybe, maybe Moxley shouldn't go through the fans at the moment. Uh, yeah. you know, or maybe but, he should come out like in a, in a hazmat suit. That would be great. <laughs> I would I would laugh at that because that's why he left WWE because of all the the fans are gross. Oh, that's right. The gas, the gas, the gas yeah. mask, and everything. So if he came yeah. out in a hazmat suit, I would die laughing. It'd now, be great. They should work that into an angle for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the, the the whole like there's four rows that aren't used. Uh, they could probably run more than ten percent. I, I think I think yeah, I could probably. I mean, I haven't been there, but I think I could pretty plainly say they could run more than ten percent and still keep the acceptable social distancing guidelines. You definitely can. But they just want to yeah. be as safe as possible, and they wanted to be the first ones with fans. Yeah. Um, they, they, did, they did dark for friends and family only. We only got one dark match, which was called by Excalibur and Taz. Uh, so I expect Excalibur to be back next week. I think it's been t- – I think Tony Giovanni or someone said that he was. Yeah. So that'll I be good. I have heard reports that he is, and as I will say in the episode, he needs to be. He's really great. I was very yeah. upset when I heard he was there and not commentating Dynamite. I will tell you, I have not had a chance to go back and watch this on television. Really? So okay. we're going to have two very different opinions and, and you know because we watch the show differently. So I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, 
What do you? So I will say this. What do you think the odds are? Right. Twenty percent fans, thirty percent fans. Do you think they'll start rolling that out? Or do you think they're going to stick with ten until they can have full capacity? They have already said that they're going to do ten percent and then move it to fifteen if it's successful. Yeah. My guess will be that it will be successful, and in about three weeks they'll move to fifteen. Um, then they'll probably go up a little bit month after month. And I think once the new year starts, they'll probably be at 50%. Uh, then yeah. maybe go to 75 and a hundred. I don't think it's going to be this add 5% every little time. I think they'll probably do 15, 20, 30, 50, 75, hundred in my opinion. And I think that it'll be quick because, uh, look, whether your opinion or not, and I, I'm not trying to get political, but no matter how you feel about what's going on right now, it kind of feels like things are getting back to normal. Now, I don't know if they necessarily should, Again, not giving a political opinion, but it kind of feels like that's the way the world is moving. So I think it will be, you know, probably after the first of the year, I think we're going to be at least 50% fans, probably more. I wonder if we will see, it'd be kind of weird, but if they wanted to have more fans, I'd be curious if they would try to run the Jag Stadium at like 25% capacity. No way, because a uh, wrestling ring and a football stadium, you couldn't see darn anything. I mean, if you're at WrestleMania and you have, you see these pictures of these people that paid hundreds of dollars and they're like in the third section, and you can't even see the ring. It would yeah. just look awful. I mean, I, I get the idea. You know, run a football stadium at twenty five percent capacity, and you've you've got you know twenty thousand seats you could sell. Yeah, but no, I I don't I don't see it happening. That's true. I, I I wouldn't buy a ticket personally. I'd rather watch it on TV than watch. It. I don't like. I wouldn't want to go to WrestleMania. No, because you know just, we talked it, about that. It was going to be in Tampa this year, and Carol and I both agreed not to do it because why would you? Unless you're going to get ringside seats, which are thousands of dollars. Yeah. Just uh, just wouldn't be worth it. However, we no. go, are going to all out, which was what was it, eighty five dollars a piece, which is very reasonable, especially yeah. considering they had so few tickets. Um, yeah. I was surprised to see them, and they sold out almost immediately. Uh, Matthew was actually the first person in line, uh, yeah, virtually, and uh, I was one ninety six because we were both trying to get in at the same uh, time too. Yeah, really? they they gave him some preferential treatment, I guess. I don't know. I guess maybe because I bought tickets before. Maybe because you know. just bought tickets or something, but. Uh, yeah, and when by the time I got in, there were no tickets left. Uh, that, well, I say that there were four tickets left, and they were over two hundred dollars a piece. They were the platinum tickets. Wow! I don't know what that entails. So yeah, it's usually a meet and greet and stuff, but I don't think they can do that right now. So I, I don't know would, what it is. That'd definitely be a bad idea. Yeah. But yeah, let's uh, let's talk about dynamite. We okay. open up the show. Like I said, no Excalibur there. Oh, uh, hey, before <laughs> I, let me say, yeah. I know I know you saw it, but uh, it, I'm assuming it didn't air on on dynamite. Uh, Tony Khan came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he politely asked all the fans to wear masks. And he said, look, guys, he said, I, I know some of you are eating and drinking. While the cameras are on, please have your mask on. We cannot film the fans unless 100% of you are wearing masks. So please wear your mask. Please be hot for the crowd because I know we've only got 500 plus people here tonight, which I hope that came through on television. And let me tell you also, in Florida... In August, it's 90 degrees and, and humid, all right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know how it came off on TV, but I will tell you at the end of the two hours, wearing a mask have, and having difficulty breathing while it's 90 degrees outside, I wasn't as loud, and I feel like the rest of the crowd wasn't as either. So it's not that we died toward the end of the show. It's that we were all hot and exhausted. Yeah. Well, I mean, that comes off with the wrestlers a lot of times, too, by the end of the show. Yeah. Um, I will say the they definitely changed the mix on the mics. It seemed like they took the mics away from the ring and put them towards the crowd. So okay. the crowd, when it was hot, was very hot, especially like in the gauntlet match. Um, 
but like you couldn't hear like Austin Gunn screaming the entire time, which I'm sure you could. But the people yeah, at home, absolutely, he's so loud. <laughs> yeah, he's a great, great fan. Um, yeah, the uh, the the mix was definitely different. I it felt more felt more like a regular wrestling event. So that's that's what they want to do. Um, not quite as hot as a regular dynamite crowd. You know, they're one of the hottest of any company. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely as hot as uh, I don't know. I'd say a maybe an impact crowd, like a regular impact crowd. I we mean, tried, we, man. We went. We tried to, our best. We went to TNA, um, and that was a good crowd. And it was a great crowd, but there was probably what a thousand people packed in there. Oh. Probably it was a small, not even. It was yeah, a it was small, really small, small studio. So I feel like it's kind of harkens back to the old TNA days. Um, hot crowd, but small amount. So right, they'll definitely work with the mixing as it goes along, and I think it'll sound more and more normal. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely try to get some chants going when I get going uh, for Hangman for sure. Uh, not the regular chant, of course, because Tony Khan doesn't want you to do that, and also I wouldn't do that anyways. Yeah, he yeah. also said, "Please don't chant Holy S." Uh, so we chanted holy or the, crap or the yeah, we, yes so we chanted holy crap which was hilarious and later on in the show we cleaned it up even more and said holy cow so i don't know if that came through on tv that's great uh, and, and we do also want to point out that there was one guy that called mjf a weenie and then someone else <laughs> said did you just call him a weenie and he said dude what else am i supposed to call him there's kids here and it was absolutely hilarious it was that's, great that's awesome i yeah. I, I didn't pick that on the mic but uh, I'm going to try to get an MJF to weenie chant at, uh, <laughs> at All Out. You're a weenie. No, we're absolutely going to do it. Also, the Impact Zone holds 1,400, so I was wrong. Okay. Way more than I thought. Uh, but yeah, the the, <clears throat> the mix was uh, different. It came off pretty good on TV, especially towards the beginning. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it. There was definitely, so like on the cruise, remember the cruise, how the audio would cut out because the crowd, crowd was chanting F-words? On the yeah. Jericho cruise, um, it it the audio was cutting out, so I thought that's what was happening. Uh, apparently, they were just having some technical issues. They're trying to have a throwback show, I guess, to when fans were here before <laughs> uh, by bringing in some technical issues. But they had that throughout the show. Uh, it may have just been Fight TV. I don't know. I don't watch on TNT. I haven't. Uh, I went back to watch the TNT stream. So let us know if, if you were watching on TNT, if the audio was cutting out for you as well. Yeah. But yeah, let's get into the gauntlet match. Uh, like I said, you got Jericho out on commentary. It was good to see him come out to Judas and have the fans sing. You could definitely hear that. We and yell, we screamed our hearts out for that song. I'd tell you what, and he was eating it up. He was, he was like, uh, like a one year old when they get their first birthday cake. I mean, he just <laughs> was eating it up face first. He loved it. I mean, throughout commentary, he was just like, man, it's so good to have a crowd back. Like he was playing a heel for a little while. And then he would just break and be like, man, it's so good to have the AEW fans back. <laughs> so that, that was pretty funny. And he, even talking about uh, when Moxley made his entrance, uh, yeah. Jericho would be like, man, it's so good to see Moxley coming through the crowd. And I, I hate Moxley. I hate him. But man, isn't his entrance great coming through the crowd and, and seeing everybody so excited for him? Don't, don't get me wrong. I hate Moxley. So that, that was cool to see. Uh, he was breaking kayfabe a little bit there, which is it's so fine funny. for a heel commentator to do. Right. Especially Jericho of all people. Yeah. But yeah, you started out, we got the gauntlet match. I mean, right away, uh, you've got the Young Bucks versus the Natural Nightmares. And uh, crowd's crowd's great. You did a great job. Thumbs up. But yeah, um, QT, Marshall, and Dustin, they they definitely impressed me. Uh, you think that they're just a jobber team. They're just here to take the pin. But QT's been getting better and better. I don't know if you watched the Road to All Out. He had a great promo. 
he agrees with me that Cody is a massive heel. Uh, he didn't outright say it, but man, he painted him as a heel. Really? I didn't get a chance to watch it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like a six-minute video on YouTube. You should definitely check it out before we uh, we watch the show. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was, that was a really good little promo from him. Uh, that it should have been on Dynamite. They should have cut some other stuff. But this this was a packed, packed show. I mean, it was tight. But uh, yeah, so best friends, I'm sorry, the Young Bucks, they pinned QT Marshall, I believe it was. So yes. now you've got the best friends coming in. Uh, best friends come in, and my wife actually mentioned, she's like, oh, best friends have to win this. I was like, what? How? I mean, I mean, yeah, I know that Young Bucks lost a private party, but they're not going to have the best friends. She's like, no, they're not going to have Young Bucks versus FTR here. Yeah, 100%. I was like, oh, you got a point. I said, but fans are back. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. She's like, no, they're not having they're not having Bucks versus FTR. No. And uh, wouldn't you know it, uh, Nick and Matt are working over Chuck Taylor's uh, knee, I believe, throughout the match. Not too harshly, but just, just working it over, as wrestlers do. And uh, they prepare for the Meltzer driver, and out comes Hangman Adam Page. He hangs on a Nick's leg. Nick can't jump up for the springboard. And uh, Trent, actually it was, uh, rolled up Matt Jackson. And the best friends pinned the Young Bucks. And Hangman has turned on the Elite, or so it would seem. Now, yeah. I don't know how it came off on in, in person. On TV, he was, he was totally heartbroken. He was literally crying. Like, yeah. it looked like he was thinking about, like, the saddest moments in his life backstage. He came out there. His eyes are legitimately like red and like watered up. God, Hangman is so good. He's my favorite wrestler. He is. Yeah, he's incredible. He's he's my favorite. I'm saying it right now. He's my favorite. He's probably going to see him lose Saturday, but man, I'm going to be chanting for him. I'll tell you yeah. what. And uh, yeah, so now you've got Best Friends versus FTR. It's a little weird here because FTR come out, and it was almost like they were giving the Best Friends a breather. Um but FTR comes out, they go to a commercial break for normal viewers, and I guess they didn't want to start the match during the commercial break, and FTR are like all confused, like, what, what just happened? Matt and Nick are there, they're dumbfounded as to what just happened. Hangman walks away, goes back backstage, and... The spotlight's uh, on him the entire time. Yeah, they got the spotlight on him, and they've got, uh, I don't know, like a minute, minute and a half, or almost the entire commercial break. They're not really running a gauntlet match, they were kind of giving some space. Uh, but then they, they came back and during the break, I think, and started the match. Um, FTR's like, what? what? They're, they're kind of playing coy, if we're being honest. Yeah. Like, oh, we definitely didn't try to push him to do that or yeah, anything. We didn't mastermind anything. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Just, definitely didn't just give us that idea or anything. We're not heels. But yeah, uh, it, it, FTR, again, worked over Chuck's knee. Some people were saying it's a legit shoot injury. I don't know if that's true. I will say the match ended very abruptly. Uh, so much so that the commentators weren't even paying attention when the match ended. Like yeah. Jericho had to say, "Hey, he just he just tapped out Chuck Taylor." Spoiler alert: FTR tapped out Chuck Taylor, uh, working on his knee. They were talking about MJF or something, and the match just ended. So I don't know if it was a legit injury injury to Chuck or if it was just a failure in commentary because Excalibur wasn't there and he's kind of the glue that holds it together. If we're being honest, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of kind of glossed over. They they did some replays and all. But yeah, FTR are going to have the match this Saturday against Hangman Adam Page and the cleaner Kenny Omega. Super stoked about that. Um, the Young Bucks versus uh, Kenny and, and Hangman are, is my favorite match of all time, and I'm hoping we see another classic this Saturday. It'll be great to be there for sure. 
how did uh, how did all this play out live? Just as well as TV, I'm sure. Yeah, like we legitimately didn't see Heyman come from the crowd. And as I'm watching, uh, I'm seeing. I think it's Matt is holding on to Trent. I think it was correct. Uh, and Nick's about to jump, and I look over to Nick, and I see Hangman like hugging on him, but like he he did not look at him, like he couldn't stare at him in his eyes. And after they were eliminated, the Young Bucks were yelling at Hangman, and he just sat there and took it. Yeah. Uh, and then he, this is definitely not a WWE heel turn, uh, which we're going to talk about on Raw later because oh my gosh, this is this is not a, a turning on your friends WWE style. He was heartbroken. He like when they approached him, he jumped over the barricade. He walked like on the edge where there were no fans very slowly. Uh, and he walked all the way up to the exit. And it just, you could tell, dude's a good actor, man. You could tell that he was legitimately heartbroken or, you know, kayfabe heartbroken for this. It's, it was such, such a masterwork of a turn. It was so good. I'll tell you what. And is it a turn? Is it a turn? I don't know. I don't think he's a heel. Yeah. I think. Shades of Grey. I think Matt the entire time, we'll talk about it later during the promo they had, or the vignette, I guess I should say, Matt has played the heel out of the relationship. Yeah. I think what's going to happen, FTR have uh, messed with Hangman's brain, right? And we're going to be left with a lonely cowboy, because my prediction is it all out. We're going to have Hangman and Kenny. Hangman's going to cost him the belt. Kenny's going to turn heel on Hangman, and uh, Hangman's going to be left alone with no friends, and uh, he's going to be—he's still going to be a face. He's going to because I mean he's got sympathy right now. He does from from I mean it's such it's such a sympathetic story, and not not to mention he's one of the most over wrestlers in wrestling right now. Correct. So yeah, it's 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 going to be great. I've loved this. I mean this. Hang, the Hangman storyline, the Elite storyline, in my opinion, is one of the best wrestling storylines of all time. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a great better, job. This is better than network TV. This is better than, you know, your favorite Netflix series. The story between these guys through BTE, through Dynamite, even before, I mean, it's perfect. So good. So good. Uh, but we should move on. After that, we had Darby Allen. Hit a little skateboard video. Uh, did you yeah. don't see the vignettes? And I did not get to see. I saw some vignettes. I heard about the Darby skateboard video, and I have not seen it. Okay, so he's just riding a skateboard in a cardboard cutout mask of uh, Ricky Starks. Okay, and he's got thumbtacks in his back, like legit. He like put thumbtacks in his backs for this vignette because he's a crazy person. He is a crazy person. He's uh, he's doing some skateboard tricks. He goes up on a bridge, and it's a big bridge. And he jumps off into the water. Straight up. Like, no stunt doubles. He's just Darby Allen. He's crazy. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah. So, uh, that was a pretty cool little vignette. He's just, uh, he's a crazy person. And they announce AEW All Out Casino Battle Royale. You love Battle Royales. I can't wait for it. I had forgotten about it. I'm glad I'm actually going to get to see it live. Yep. And uh, I will say... Something you didn't catch, Tony and Jr. and, and Jericho, they had a little uh, a little spat about how you pronounce battle royale, battle royal, battle royale. <laughs> that's great. So that was uh, that's that's a common wrestling argument. I say battle royale because there's an e, but uh, battle yeah. royal, you know, whatever, to each their own. 
but yeah, so we're we're out there, and we've got Darby Allen and Lance Archer being confirmed as the first participants in the Casino Battle Royale. So that'll be awesome. That'll be good. Uh, I p- honestly think it's going to be a swerve. I don't think either one of them is going to win, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, we have a squash match between Lance Archer and Sean Maluda. Yep. Lance Archer kills him. Now, I don't know where Sean Maluda is from, but the crowd knew him, and they were going crazy for Somebody's him. Somebody's grandson. Yeah. Don't know who, don't remember. Somebody probably named Maluda, if I had to guess. <laughs> um, but he, he came off pretty well, but, I mean, it was a squash match. He got killed. But what really mattered is after he wins, they uh, out comes Jake Roberts and Team Taz. You've got Team Taz coming out, and uh, they're basically saying, hey, we're, you're not the only one that's going to be at the Casino Battle Royale. We're going to be there, mm-hmm. too. So you're going to have Ricky Starks. You're going to have Brian Cage. You're going to have Lance Archer. This is going to be a crazy Battle Royale. And uh, not only that, Darby Allen comes out, puts himself in the mix, starts uh, starts in on Starks. And uh, I think I would, I would think that they're probably going to cost each other the match at some point. Uh, Cage and Archer had to be pulled apart. Yeah. Uh, I say pulled apart. I mean, like, let's be honest. Jake the Snake Roberts is not pulling back. <laughs> right. Archer. Uh, and it, I, nobody's pulling back Brian Cage. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so, so they, uh, even the fans were chanting, let them fight. Uh, I did catch that one. So that was, that was pretty cool. But yeah, so yeah. we got a little teaser to the Battle Royale. I think that'll be good. And uh, they have a little package for the NWA versus the AEW women's title, that little contract signing between Hikaru Shida and Thunder I did Rosa. see this one. It was great. It was great. Uh, last week's promo from Thunder Rosa, she said something to Hikaru Shida in Japanese. Do you remember what that was? I, I don't know. I don't remember either. But Hikaru Shida gave her the receipt and said, hey, this belt's going home with me. But she said it to her in Spanish, which is really cool. I guess Hikaru Shida is trilingual because she's obviously way smarter than I am. Yes. <laughs> um, and also, the NWA president, Billy Corgan, uh, had a little voiceover package. It was great. He was excited about the uh, the partnership between AEW and NWA. So I guess that yep. confirms we're getting a little bit more between them, which is great because NWA's got so much talent. Uh, I'm really excited to maybe see Nick Aldis get in. I hope so, man. Uh, his match with Cody was very good at All In. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's one of the best out there right now, really. Uh, from the little I've watched in NWA, I've always enjoyed when he's on the screen. He's terrific. Yeah, it's a great package. Uh, really looking forward to that. After that, we had the MJF and John Moxley contract signing. Now, this is how you do a contract signing. This was just uh, it was just like what ten, fifteen minutes of. Just uh, build up, really. It was, yeah, it was really good. <clears throat> MJF being a wordsmith, Moxley being a smart baby face, Moxley not taking any crap, not getting run over. It was just a perfect, perfect execution. Yeah. But yeah, they're signing the contract that says the paradigm shift is banned at all out. MJF signs the contract. He is in the microphone and starts pointing out that these things always end in violence. But he asks that Moxley practice social distancing kind of like his hairline yep and, that uh, was a good line good we laughed line. at that one very loudly moxley had a good return though because he said maybe one day you'll get there but you just got to hit puberty first <laughs> so that was good that's great uh 
MJF kind of builds up Moxley, really. He's saying that even Mike Tyson was backstage saying he wouldn't be, want to be alone with Moxley in a dark alley. Because yeah. Mo- can we, yeah, go can ahead. we talk about that line? Yeah. That's so good. It's, it's really good. It's a, it's a great performance by MJF because he's tying in old events. Yeah. And not only that, he's he's making wrestling feel real to me because you got Mike Tyson there. He's like, oh, I wouldn't be in the, wouldn't want to be in a dark alley with that guy. And not only that, he's building up his opponent who's a baby yeah. face. Mike Tyson, great. one of the baddest men of all time, all the time, right? All of that time. <laughs> He tell now I'm sure he probably didn't obviously but kayfabe MGF says Moxley, one of the baddest men ever, told me that he was afraid of you. There is nothing else that could have built Moxley up anymore. And MGF being a masterful heel in in the in the ways of Paul Heyman or Jake the Snake Roberts or Rowdy Roddy Piper builds up his opponent to essentially he will eventually probably lose to him. And it's just, it was such masterwork. And this kid's like 23. It just blows my mind. So good. So good. And he goes on to say that Moxley is not a wrestler. He says he's a wrestler, but Moxley is, what is he, a goon, a hooligan, something of that effect? He I said don't that remember. Moxley grew up watching people like Sandman, like New Jack. Yep. And he grew up watching people like Buddy Rogers and Ernie Ladd and... Tony Blanchard. Blanchard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just, they're throwing that as the second time he's mentioned Tony Blanchard now. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. He goes on to taunt him about needing the paradigm shift, closing by saying that, you know, he can tell Moxley's pretty wife that he's single. Second time Renee Young or Renee Paquette. Oops. This is Paquette? I think Paquette's her name. Yeah. It's been mentioned. She'll always be Renee Young to me. Yeah. Uh, until she's not. Renee Moxley. That's what she needs to go by. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, he says that he could tell uh, tell Renee Young that he's single. Moxley stands up, and MJF's lawyer says, "You know, don't harm him. I'll sue you. I'll sue you." Uh, Moxley had a great line for his lawyer that I can't repeat. Uh, I told him to sit down, called him some names, and uh, he said, "This is pretty simple. He doesn't need the paradigm shift to win." He says he's going to be forced to be creative. He's going to think of all the interesting ways to hurt MJF. He signs the contract. And he tells MJF to remember two things. Number one, nothing you say matters. And number two, nothing I sign matters. Because at All Out, you're a dead man. Yep. That was a great line, too. Yeah. So good. It was great. And so they, MJF is yelling in joy. The lawyer's taunting Moxley, saying, oh, you're so stupid. You're an idiot. Moxley agrees and and says that they didn't even have to break the table. This is great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're, uh, we're, we're solving this amicably. And uh, he's glad that they agreed to the changes he put on the 17th page. I'm like, what? There's only 16 pages. What are you talking about? And apparently, MJF's lawyer is the worst lawyer of all time. Yeah, I know. And also, you can't change a contract after somebody's already signed it, right? Uh, that is... Or correct. I guess he didn't... I guess yeah, he, he hadn't signed it yet. I guess MJF did sign that... I'm going to maybe swap them out. I don't know how it works. Um, it's not quite like Roman Reigns bad on the legal legalese side of it. But uh, maybe a little iffy. But uh, maybe he needs a better lawyer. And, uh, yeah, so uh, the, the 17th page says, Next week, Moxley's going to face Smart Mark Sterling, MJF's lawyer. 
who and is this, an actual wrestler, by the way. Is. He is yes. uh, apparently a pretty good wrestler. And if the lawyer does not show up, MJF does not get his title shot. And in that match, the paradigm shift is legal. And Moxley uh, says, stay classy, AEW, good night, and then walks off. And that was just just a fantastic segment. It really was. A lot yeah, of people was. crapped on the show for having a contract signing. A lot of people saying, like, oh, I got COVID, and all I got to see was a contract signing. Like, shut up. Come on, man. Yeah, that was a very WWE thing to do. But the way that they did it wasn't WWE at all. So I get I mean, it. Wrestling has contract signing. You can't say it's a WWE thing to do. I mean, it's yeah. happened as long as wrestling's been around. They did it with Cody. They did it with Jericho. I mean, it's contract signings are a thing in wrestling. Right. And I think that you, I mean, you can call it a WWE thing if somebody ends up going to the table. Right. But this was just a masterful back and forth building up to a, uh, building up to a, a really big pay-per-view. So that match is going to sell the car, uh, sell the pay-per-view along, I think. Yeah. Uh, we go backstage and we've got proud and powerful best and, uh, Addressing the best friends, I should say. Showing some highlights of the recent rivalry. And they said they apologize, but Sue wasn't in the van when they wrecked it. They say it's mm. time to pay the dues. Now, I think originally we were probably going to get Proud and Powerful versus Best Friends at All Out. Yeah. I've heard reports that, like I said earlier, that Chuck Taylor's knee injury is legit. So we will see how that goes. That's what they've obviously been building to. I guess we'll find out this Wednesday. And uh, I hope we do. I really hope we get a street fight between them. I don't know how it would work with the live crowd. Unless, I guess they could do it in the ring, but originally it was going to be a parking lot brawl. Yeah. Um, they could do They got a really big, empty area, though, to the left of the ring. That would work pretty well. They could. Uh, mm-hmm. Might affect the cameras. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I am, I'm looking forward to that. I really hope it does happen. Uh, and I hope Proud and Powerful goes over, honestly. I think that's probably their time. Yeah, I'm I'm sick of them being kind of jobbers. Like they're not jobbers, but they're definitely mid carders, and they're one of the best tag teams in the, the bottom of in the, the in the world. I mean, yeah, they they need they need some wins. The inner circle needs some wins. Yeah. Uh, but after that, we had the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade versus Joey Janela, Griff Garrison, Sonny Kiss, and Brian Pillman Jr. To tell you what I thought about this match, until I read this recap, I forgot this match happened. So <laughs> I don't like big eight man tag matches. I've said that before. This match was just, it was okay. It was an okay match. Um, Eddie Kingston comes out with his group, which was great. Um, glad to see them together. But yeah, it was kind of kind of a squash match. Yeah. Uh, but Pentagon Jr. scored the pin. Now going by Pentagon L0M. Or Penta L0M because... He cannot go by Pentagon Jr. anymore for some reason. I think they're having some sort of dispute with AAA. Um, hopefully that comes back because Penta L0M is a dumb name. If they just call him Penta, that would be fine. Or just Pentagon. I mean, you'd think. I think on, uh, what was it, Lucha Underground? He was Pentagon Dark. That'd be fine. Pentagon something. I don't know. Penta L0M is kind of dumb. So maybe that maybe that comes back. Yeah, I so, think it's zero miedo is what they're trying to go for. Yeah, but it's just zero M. Okay. Which is weird because you think it'd be zero M because it'd be zero F if we're doing English. Maybe they're watching BTE and they're learning to speak Spanglish. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, um, I don't remember if it was here or if it was later in the night, 
But uh, Eddie Kingston basically confirmed, hey, we're all going to be in the Casino Battle Royale. We shouldn't let these guys have all the glory. So apparently all of Eddie Kingston's group is going to be in the Casino Battle Royale. Awesome. That'll be, that'll be cool. What do you think the odds are we see Pac make a return at the Casino Battle Royale? Uh, I still don't think he can travel, so I don't think he'll be there. I would yeah. love it. I love me some Pac, but I don't see it. Was he at England? Yeah. I'm trying to think Scotland, of any other, I think. I'm trying to think of any other European wrestlers have came back. Well, Sadie Gibbs and B Priestley, that's why they were released because they can't travel to work. Yeah, that's true. I miss Pac, man. I really do. I do too. He's so good. You should just get on a boat or something. Start canoeing. Do like pull a Christopher Columbus. Yeah, it it is England. I'm sorry, not Scotland. Okay, but they're all the same. <laughs> well, the, it's still Great Britain, I guess, but it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all of our British listeners are loving it. Yeah, British listeners probably wouldn't care any very much, but the Scottish listeners definitely would. <laughs> different, yeah. Uh, but we come back from that tag match, and we've got the Dark Order just basically memeing it up. They come out. They're carrying a casket above their head. They're doing yeah, I the, the music. casket I man meme. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the edited video of that, right? Somebody edited yeah, the music over it. So oh, good. it's so great. They're dancing. Uh, Brody Lee comes out. <clears throat> They've got lawnmowers all over the place. Which and I so, totally missed, by the way. I saw them, and I'm like, why are there lawn... They brought the lawnmowers out during the commercial break, and I'm like, why are the lawnmowers here? <laughs> what are they doing? There's no <laughs> turf here. Um, I, so, <clears throat> I have a couple different schools of thought on this entire segment. So, I thought this segment was very, very good because it merged the killer instinct of the Dark Order from last week when they murdered Cody and his entire family, and the BTE humor of the Dark Order right well. Oh, they did that really well. This is the Dark Order finally getting over. Yeah, it is. Um, but the lawnmower thing, I don't know. It's not like integral to the story, so I can give it a pass for that. But I watch every BTE. My wife, wife watches every BTE, but she's been doing so much schoolwork lately, she hadn't had a chance to watch BTE yet this week, and she was even confused. Uh, BTE, they, they mentioned what all they were all going to do with their money from the Chili sponsorship they have. And uh, Brody Lee said he's going to get six lawnmowers because F Hangman, because F Hangman's been wanting a lawnmower. <laughs> That's pretty much the, the crux of that story. Yep. And it's I saw funny. that and I still missed it. It's pretty funny if you watch BTE and you get it, but uh, it's it's kind of kind of weird. Uh, I would like to see them all come out to the ring riding lawnmowers uh, a la FTR and Cody. I think that'd be great. Oh, man, if they make their their date, their their entrance at all out on lawnmowers and then run to the barricade like Cody did with his truck. I will that eat would it be up. absolutely amazing. I will eat it up. Uh, Evil Uno actually said that the wacky racing uh, B, uh, AW game is going to have the Dark Order on lawnmowers. That would be <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, so they're basically coming out and they're having a funeral for Cody. Uh, they've got, <laughs> you open up the casket and you see a nightmare family jacket uh, perched over somebody and out pops number 10. Not only is he wearing the Nightmare Family jacket, he's got the tattoo on his neck. I popped for it. It's great. They're making fun of how dumb the tattoo is. He, he says that they have to bury the Prince of Wrestling to make way for the King, Mr. Brody Lee. Really good. Uh, Anna Jay comes out. Tony Schiavone enters the ring to interview him. He says, Brody Lee says the TNT Championship open challenges are over. They're no more. No more TV time for indie wrestlers. And he wants to introduce the newest member of the Dark Order, Anna Jay. 
the Queen Slayer, they're calling her, which is cool since she choked out Brandy Rhodes. Uh-huh. And they've also numbered her number 99, which is odd. But uh, maybe they'll just call her the Queen Slayer. I think that'd be better. I don't really get the number thing. I don't like the number thing, if I'm being honest. No. Um, I've We've mentioned that before, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's weird. Uh, yeah, so this, this whole segment's basically Brody just being awesome. Uh, even, even I think Dark, uh, John Silver, they're like talking about how great he like takes the mics like Mr. Brody. I just got to say how great you are. Brody slaps him. That's what you do to John Silver, even though he's just a kid. Uh, I liked having the Dark Order in the ring chanting for Mr. Brody. I thought that was really cool to see. But out comes the Nightmare Family and Scorpio Sky. They're trying to get their revenge. They're hitting the Dark Order members. They're knocking them down. They basically ran rampant on the ring, and the Dark Order is forced out. Uh, or Brody Lee is forced out, I should say. He stares down Scorpio Sky, and uh, Anna Jay distracts him, and that leads to Brody Lee beating him down. Uh, Matt Cardona comes out. Every, that was everybody out there. And I yeah. was hoping this would lead to Brody Lee versus Scorpio Sky. Kind of. Like, I wanted to see that match, but I also didn't want to see Scorpio lose again. Right. But what it really led to is it's going to be Dark Order versus the Nightmare Family at All Out. So that should be interesting again i'm not a fan of big big tag matches but uh, we'll see how it goes it, it is it is interesting to see the tnt title which is their tv title is not getting defended on the pay-per-view yeah i'm so surprised i kind of okay with that just having just def- having the defenses on tv yeah have, have him in action but don't put the title on the line do some tag team matches that's pretty cool okay but we go backstage and we've got hangman adam page he's in the bar of course and he's being confronted by the Young Bucks for what he did earlier. Matt and Nick are saying all they wanted was a friend, which is a lie. They say, yeah, we know we called you a jobber that one time. We were just joking. They weren't. No. Um, yeah, Hangman's sitting there just looking like a sad puppy that peed on your carpet. I mean, just hanging his head low. He's drinking. He's got two beers poured out for FTR. I don't know if you noticed that. There's two, not two that. beers sitting on the counter waiting for FTR. I guess they left him. Didn't come. And, uh, yeah, Matt Jackson takes the drink out of Hangman's hand, tells him he's nothing but a drunk, splashes in his face, and I've heard that whiskey in your face really burns. I assume it's not actually whiskey. Yeah, it's probably... Like apple know, juice or something. Of, yeah. But, yeah, they say that, you know, he's wanted it for uh, months, but officially Hangman is out of the elite. And they slam the door, and I guess in the process of slamming the door, the mirror hanging on the door breaks. Hangman looks in the mirror... And it's broken, and it's just it's it's very campy and very corny, but it's also just perfect for wrestling. It worked out really well. Worked yeah. out really well. The young bucks are basically in tears whenever they leave too. Everybody's upset. Uh, just this storyline, it's so so good. But you know, it's not good. Big Swole versus Rebel and Penelope Ford. <laughs> I don't even really want to talk about it. This is the worst women's match in AEW history. It really is. Well, maybe. What's what's been worse? I don't know. Man, I'm sure there's been some. Stuff I don't know. I I tell you what. Now that I think about it, uh, the girl with the Naruto get up versus Nyla Rose that tables match was real bad. But I mean, like this match was booked poorly. It shouldn't have happened. It took time away from the main event, which almost ran out of time. Yeah, this match should have been on the card. They should not have had Penelope Ford eat the pin. Penelope Ford lost in a handicap match. 
to Big Swole. Yeah. I know they're trying to build up Big Swole versus Britt Baker. But, I mean, come on, man. They should have done something else. They should have said, you know, they should have done. They should. Uh, Britt Baker should have said, all right, you want to match with me at All Out? You have to beat Little Swole, which yeah. was her tag teammate. They should have done something like that. But, no, like, it was like an accidental crutch shot led to the finish. I don't know. I thought the match was bad. There were quite a few botches for it to be like a two-minute match. Um, and I guess Vic Swole is going to face Britt Baker in a match of her choosing, supposedly at All Out. I haven't seen a whole lot of advertisements for it, so we will see how this next week goes. I'm not sure if Britt Baker is 100% yet. I hope she is, because otherwise the match probably won't be very good. Um, but what was more interesting than the match, outside the ring, Taya Conti, is approached by some Dark Order members, as well as Anna Jay. They hand her the uh, membership forum she has to fill out, like a doctor's office. And uh, they offer a spot in the group, and it looks like she's joined. So we're going to have a female tag team in the Dark Order. And I'm looking forward to that. I really liked Taya Conti and uh, Anna Jay as a tag team in the Women's Cup. Yeah. So I think this will be, uh, be good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They made some announcements for uh, AEW All Out after this. They also announced next week, or tonight I should say, Chris Jericho versus Joey Janela. And uh, yeah, they're putting up the Mimosa Mayhem match. And uh, yeah, we'll get that to look forward to. And we've got probably the shortest AEW main event in all of all time. And it's a tables match. Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. Yeah, it was, when they got out there, it was like, they had like 10 know. minutes left in my team. Yeah, 9.52, and I'm like, wow, this is going to be a very short night. I very, almost very thought match. that they were just not going to have the match. Yeah. Um, How did the match play out in, in person, I'll say, or I'll ask? It was a little difficult to see because they were on the floor a lot, mm-hmm. and the way Daly's Place is, is set up, if you're sitting on the floor and you're not right next to the ring, it's difficult to see what's going on. So there were some cool spots, but like we couldn't tell there was anything on Matt Hardy's table until right before they went through it. Um, I'm just glad they didn't die when they had that chair under the table. I'm glad that it was a work chair because I thought I was legitimately concerned for them. Not only that, but they had a twist of fate with the chair too. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, But it it played out fine. It was, it, it, we couldn't see as much as we wanted to though, to be honest. Yeah. And also Matt Hardy got his payback on Sammy Guevara. With the chair, he got a big old gash in the side of his head. He was bleeding all over the place. Um, was that was that with the table spot? Was that the table? Sp- no, no, no. I think he hit him his hit his head on the apron. I know Sammy went through a table, but apparently in AEW that doesn't in the match. You have to put your opponent through a table. Yeah, I guess Cody learned on his match against the Big Show. Um, right, you can't just like accidentally step through it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of. I don't like that personally. I think they should be able to win by like moving out of the way and have somebody headbutt the table. But, you know, they're different. It's it's fine. It's still a tables match, which is cool. But yeah, the uh, the match ended with Hardy getting out a special table that says, I think, deleted or obsolete or something. He sets it up, and as you all know, whoever sets up the table is getting put through it. He puts yeah, Sammy on top of it. He goes up top to climb. The fans are chanting, delete. Hardy slips on his way up, and Sammy pops off the table, leaps up at the top. He suplexes Hardy through the table. The bell sounds. Sammy wins, and almost immediately we're off the air. I mean, no time at all. 
Really? Uh, we had, you could see Orange Cassidy coming out and attacking Chris Jericho, and they're like pulling him off. But yeah, that was, it was pretty hectic into the show. Um, JR was kind of like trying to get his plug in right there before the end. But yeah, it was a, it was a fine, fine match. It was like a lot going on really quick, but I think they probably should have scrapped the, the, the women's handicap match in order to give this match a little bit more time. But this is probably the best Matt Hardy's looked since his AEW debut, other than tag matches, as far as singles matches. So that's that's good. And yeah. we've actually announced it now at All Out. We're getting the rubber match. Uh, I guess, how is it a rubber match? I don't understand that. Did Matt Hardy beat Sammy at some point? Yeah, in a singles match. Okay, I don't remember that entirely. Hmm. Anyways, yeah, they're going to have a rubber match. It's going to be a, uh, what do they call it? Not final deletion. A broken, a broken rules match. And it does look like Matt Hardy is bringing back broken Matt Hardy because all of the uh, all of the adverts show broken Matt Hardy with his garb on. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah, what would you grade your first COVID live experience at AEW? Well, the experience was an A plus because I felt super safe and everything. Um, the show was great. Now after you tell me the show went off pretty much immediately, did you not see Orange Cassidy run up to Chris Jericho? We saw that, yeah, and they, we saw him pull him off, but it was really hectic and really, it was tight. Okay, so yeah. basically, Orange Cassidy came out jumping like a like shooting like a bullet. He attacked Jericho, and like Sammy was like it was weird because Sammy was trying to like pull him apart, and then eventually like he starts attacking Cassidy. It was kind of weird the way they did it. Um, I, I don't know. I th- maybe I'm biased because I was there, but I really like this show. I really did. And it was cool to see Lance Archer because I didn't think I was going to get to see him there. I just, we just had such a good time. So again, I might be biased because I saw it live, but I'd give this show an A. An A really well. Yeah. It did not come off as an A show uh, on TV to me. You had, yeah, I really liked the gauntlet match. I liked the whole story there. I liked all the vignettes and packages we saw. We did have a squash match with Lance Archer. Uh, The eight-man tag was kind of iffy. The woman's tag was awful, and the ending was kind of rushed. But the commentary throughout the night, in my opinion, was just bad. It really was. Really? Um, it was, man. I, I tell you what, if they don't bring Excalibur back soon, they're, they're, they're really missing out. He's he's ne- necessary for that booth. If not Excalibur, bring out, uh, was it Veda Scott? Is that her name? Veda. Veda Scott, yeah. She's very, very talented. But it's like all three men on the commentary booth are color guys. Nobody's a play-by-play guy. And I know JR was in his younger years, but he's just not anymore. He doesn't know half the name of the move. He doesn't know half the name of the wrestlers for that crying out loud. So, I don't know. It came off pretty bad. It seemed like they're kind of discombobulated. Uh, Jericho's mic was cutting out several times. He couldn't hear himself several times. Uh, It was like an early AEW show with all the stuff going on. Uh, Matthew did mention he saw some of the production crews screwing off on their phone. Yeah, there was there was a guy. He's got he's on the big screen with us a bunch of but he's like the main sound guy. And he's like playing this Candy Crush style game on his phone. I mean, <laughs> if I see that at all out, I'm taking a picture and tweeting it to Tony Khan. <laughs> I swear, and I'll be like, Tony Khan, hire me. I know nothing about sound engineering, but by God, I'll be paying attention to the show. <laughs> yeah, so the the technical difficulties and the overall. The, the show wasn't polished. It was kind of all over the place. It seemed like an early show. Uh, honestly, probably a B-minus just because the vignettes were so great. I don't think all the wrestling was that good. 
yeah. I'd probably give it a B minus on the AEW scale. I've given okay. I've given worse grades here lately, so we'll I've seen a C plus is the lowest I've went here lately, so not terrible. Not terrible. All right. Definitely some some places where they were falling short. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I, I again I'm sure I'm biased because we saw it live and it was our first live show back, but I we just really loved it. We had an absolute blast. Yeah, and, and any show AEW show you go to, I'm sure you're gonna have a blast. Yeah. I've been to one and I think I gave it an A plus or an A. I think I gave it an yeah. A. So it was very enjoyable. It was a good show. So uh yeah. Would you like to talk about SmackDown now? Uh sure. It's a trick question. I didn't watch SmackDown at all, so this is all on you. Um, I'm going to go through it pretty quickly. We've ran long on AEW. We had a lot to talk about with you going there and everything. Yeah. Uh, we've got some payback stuff to talk about too, so very quickly. Uh, so I'm just going to go over the high... The, I'm gonna, we're going to do some bullet points here. Let's let's get going to this. All right, let's um, do it. Adam Pierce kicks off the show with Vince McMahon, which is kind of crazy to see Vince McMahon back on TV again. I think I think he knows he's a draw, so... Right. He, he is. He's legitimately a draw. He's honestly one of the best wrestling characters of all time. So he's a draw. Um, but yeah, Adam Pierce has shown he's getting instructions from Vince to get a contract signed for payback. So I guess they started announcing the triple threat match before getting a contract. Uh, kind of poor business decision there, Vince. Yeah. But Jeff Hardy comes out, kick off the show. He talks about winning the Intercontinental title from AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles comes out to call him a cheater for using his knee brace. And uh, AJ Styles joins commentary. Jeff Hardy comes out he's, and he's saying that he's issuing an open challenge. Does that sound familiar? To everyone on the roster except for AJ Styles. <laughs> out comes Shinsuke Nakamura. This match was actually very good. This show had a lot of good wrestling on it. Yeah. Uh, Hardy hurt his knee again during the Whisper in the Wind move. And it allowed Nakamura to get a little bit of offense in. Uh, he hit a diving knee for a near fall. Jeff Hardy rebounded using doing a twist of fate and swanton bomb back to back. AJ Styles said he used his uh, knee brace during the twist of fate. Jeff Hardy retains his title. What really was important about this segment, though, Jeff Hardy is exiting down the ramp, and Sami Zayn comes out. That's right, he's back. I love me some Sami Zayn. So good. He's so good. He looks like a ginger Santa Claus right now. <laughs> not had a haircut in a while. But he came out with his own Intercontinental Championship title. And he's claiming he's the rightful championship. He hits Hardy with a kick. And AJ Styles watches on with a smile. He's all excited about it. Yeah. Uh, Sami Zayn was in backstage. And uh, he was trying to get interviewed by, uh, I think, Charlie... And he was basically saying, you know, he wasn't going to say why he was gone for so long, but what matters is he's back now. Uh, after that, we go to the Firefly Funhouse. Bray Wyatt's there with his universal title. And uh, he said that he was happy to see Roman again. Uh, the doorbell rings to the Firefly Funhouse, because I guess anybody can just come in. And uh, in comes mailman Adam Pierce, I guess. He's legitimately wearing a UP USPS uniform. Uh, a little weird. And he says he's got a package for The Fiend, and he wants to know if uh, Bray Wyatt can sign for it. And Bray Wyatt says that he will sign for it, but he knows that what he's signing right now is actually a couple of death warrants. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Matt uh, Matt Riddle versus Shorty G. Matt Riddle beat Shorty G. Matt Riddle had a very bad promo. I'm not impressed by Matt Riddle. I know you were kind of shocked when I said that. Um, King Corbin came out. 
I think Matt Riddle and King Corbin are two of my least favorite wrestlers of all time. Not really. Uh, but I'm very unimpressed seeing them on TV. Hmm. And I, I was even unimpressed by their match at Payback. Matt Riddle's promo work, I mean, I know he's kind of going for the high surfer dude. But, like, all of his promos are, like, at this level. Just kind of, whatever, I'm here. I mean, it's like, he doesn't even care. He doesn't even care, which I guess is kind of what he's going for. But come on, man, put some shoes on. Put some emphasis in your voice. You're a professional wrestler. <laughs> uh, Corbin tried to get a sneak attack on Riddle. Riddle saw it coming. And he sent the king out of the ring. See what I did there? See what I did yeah. there? And then we have a little segment talking about Talking Smack, which is actually pretty good. I watched it last week. And, uh, yeah, we had Miz and Biggie getting into it. We all thought it was kind of a shoot, but apparently it's a work. They're working it into a storyline. If it was a shoot, they're working it into a work. So, wrestling inside baseball. Uh, Miz had a fight with Biggie backstage, and that's set up for a six-man tag match later. Uh, Biggie and Heavy Machinery are backstage. Bailey comes out, and she's making fun of them because they're like, how do I say this? They're playing with their meat. Um, they've, got, they've got meat and they're playing with it. They've got big sausages and they're waving them around. Uh, I don't know how to say that a better way. So, Cooked sausages. Cooked sausages, yes. There you go. Um, Bailey comes out and she starts making fun of them for doing what they're doing. And uh, she says she it gets some... To be, I mean, it's just... It's just WWE humor, isn't it? It's Vince McMahon's idea of high comedy. Yeah. Did you see the video I seen? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, Vince McMahon had an interview a long time ago where he said the, uh, what was what was the name of the girl? The Katie? Katie Vick. The Katie, Katie Vick segment. The Katie Vick segment because, was oh high gosh. comedy. Yeah. And whew, man. Yeah, that, that tells you all you need to know about Vince McMahon's idea of humor. But yeah, Bailey says that uh, she guessed that some people can't handle anything other than a tag team title. And Sasha Banks is standing right there. Yep. Having just lost her real title, which she's never been able to successfully defend, um, she didn't. She didn't like that very much. Uh, they've got a match later. The Golden Role Models. They come out of the ring. Bailey says it was her fault for letting Sasha face Oscar. She shouldn't have even let her face Oscar because she knows that Banks has never been able to successfully defend her title. I mean, ouch, man. Cuts deep, Bailey. You're not a good friend. Yep. No, not at all. Maybe she can join the elite next. Um, but Sasha Banks kind of took the high road, and she said Bailey was still her friend and promised they would win on Sunday. And uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, I'm calling them Shania. Shania come on the big screen. And uh, they remind everybody they hate each other, but said they're still going to win the belts. So that's kind of the crux of all that. We go backstage. We've got Cesaro and Nakamura. They're being reunited with Sami Zayn. And they weren't too happy to see him. Nope. Nakamura says, uh, four months. Four months and not even a phone call. And Sami's like, oh, come on, man. I can explain that. And Cesaro's like, no. And he basically politely told him to go away. Yeah. So we're not getting the, uh, what do they call it? The artist collection or whatever? Artist collective? No. We're not getting them back together, apparently. Which is fine. I think they need to kind of do their own thing. I really hope Sami Zayn retains his Intercontinental Championship because he's so good. I just want to see him rub it in Jeff Hardy's face. Yeah, however they handle this. But yeah, 
Uh, I assume they're saving this for Clash of Champions because it's perfect. You got two champions for the same belt. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you got Gulak versus Braun Strowman. Uh, well, I should, I should back up. We had that last week. Gulak tries to get his revenge backstage against Braun Strowman. He hits Braun Strowman with a steel chair while Braun Strowman's like at catering and it doesn't phase him. He no sells it. And Drew Gulak tosses the chair to Adam Pierce and runs away. So okay. Adam Pierce is standing there with the chair in his hand. He's like, it wasn't me. It was Gulak. It was Gulak, which sounds like a likely story, Adam Pierce. But, uh, <laughs> Braun Strowman said that he'll sign the contract if they grant him a match with Drew Gulak tonight. Uh, he squashed Gulak. Gulak got no offense in. I bet he's missing Daniel Bryan right about now. Probably a little bit. You had Cesaro versus Kalisto. Kalisto told Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik to watch the match from backstage so they could see how it's done. Uh, he walked away before Cesaro and Nakamura attacked Dorado and Metalik from behind and did not come to their aid. Uh, Cesaro comes out with Nakamura on his side. Uh, it's it's a little weird. Cesaro wasn't there during the Nakamura match earlier. Yeah, and they actually uh, they'd mentioned on commentary like, oh, I guess Cesaro is just not as uh, driven as Nakamura. He's not trying to get this title shot. And they had like a little picture in picture thing where Cesaro came and was like, no, I'm just as driven. I'm just focusing on our tag team titles. Blah blah blah. So maybe they're starting a little yeah. feud with Cesaro and Nakamura, a little infighting. But yeah. Uh, Cesaro won. He, uh, let's see, what, what did happen here? I have it written down. Uh, he caught, he caught Kalisto for a backbreaker, but uh, Kalisto came back a moment later with a DDT. Okay, Dorado and Metalik run out to attack Nakamura, and the distraction allowed Cesaro to roll up Kalisto. So it was a roll-up win. And uh, Lucha House Party got into another argument. I guess they're getting broken up, which is like, I, I guess. I think so. I guess that's WWE's thing recently is breaking up tag teams. Yeah, but honestly, how do you think the Lucha House Party fares broken up? Do you think all three of them last? Even one of them? Do you think one of them last? No, not of them. I don't think any of them are single stars. I really don't. I mean, they're fine. They're good wrestlers. I just don't see any kind of star quality in them to have a singles run. But we'll see. Uh, it did end with Kalisto and them hugging it out. So maybe they're maybe they're not breaking up. But I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, Adam Pierce came to Vince McMahon's like, hey, I tried to get Roman to sign this, but I can't get him. He's not in his locker room, blah, blah, blah. He's not answering the door. Vince McMahon's like, well, that's not good enough. Go get the third signature, pal. And Adam Pierce is like, okay. So he did. Uh, you're backstage, and you've got Alexa and Nikki. They're talking to Tamina and Bliss because Tamina's back now. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, Tamina and... Nikki Cross are backstage, Correct. and Nikki Cross is holding the mug that Alexa Bliss gave her like eight years ago or whenever it was, like two, eight months ago, eight years, eight days. I don't know. It's WWE time. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, she's saying this is the first gift that Alexa ever gave her since they became best friends, and uh, she's just carrying it around because uh, she just wants to remember their, their friendship. And in comes Alexa Bliss, rocking the Harley Quinn look. Not only that, she points out that she's now decided to braid her hair she's got a braid in her pigtails nikki cross says that may not be the best idea because it kind of reminds her of the fiend which is dumb because if your friend says hey this is my hairstyle first of all you don't bash it even yeah. if it is ugly second of all people wear braids yeah thirdly it doesn't look like the fiend at all it's not even uh, close. the fiend has dreads 
and this is a braid. Um, now, if the fiend came out with pigtails, I mean, I guess honestly, it reminds me more of Kofi Kingston than anybody because he's the guy on the roster with pigtails. So I don't know, kind of kind of dumb. Alexa got mad; she smashed the cup, um, and that was that. So I guess Alexa is evil now. She's Harley Quinn. I, I'm waiting for her to start calling I, the fiend Mr. No F, idea. I guess. Yeah, I have absolutely no or idea. Or Mr. B, Mr. B for Mr. Bray. Yeah. I don't I don't know what's happening. I really don't. Uh, we had the six-man tag match to finish out the night. And uh, Otis and Morrison started off, and uh, Otis was dominating pretty early on. Otis, who still has the briefcase, by the way, but they're not giving any, any singles matches because why would they? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Of course not. <sighs> understand don't get it uh at one point in the match though Seamus basically gave up he got kicked out of the ring he rang the bell himself which didn't count and then he left so it's now 2v3 <laughs> uh biggie and miz are in there before biggie hit a belly to belly and then another belly to belly and then a splash uh miz was able to dodge the caterpillar after otis tagged in and hit the skull crushing finale but Big E tagged in and hit the big inning to pin the Miz. Uh, this was a match. Yeah. It was a fine match, but it was just a match. I mean, I'm so sick of WWE. Like, how long have the New Day and their members been been feuding with Miz and Morrison? A long time. How long have Angel Garza and Andrade been feuding with the Street Profits? I mean, I don't get it. Baron Corbin and Matt Riddle. They're dragging it out. I don't don't know. I don't understand. Why can't they just have matches? They've got so many people on their roster. I saw someone say that Baron Corbin's gimmick was every one of his feuds had to be a year long. (sighs) That's why I hate him so much. Yeah. He is great on Twitter, though. He's got a very good Twitter game. But what really made the night for me, Adam Pearce is backstage. He's finally found Roman Reigns. He's like, you know what? I've looked over the contract. Uh, we're going to need to make a few changes before I sign it. He's like, really? Oh, okay, well, well, we'll see what we can do. And he's like, yeah, and uh, tell you what, after I sign this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up, I'm going to wreck everything, and I'm going to leave. And that's not a guarantee. That's a spoiler. And I'm like, what? Why is, he, why is he using Paul Heyman's gimmick? And you pan over, and Paul Heyman is sitting there next to Roman Reigns, and he said, believe that and the show goes off the air what a great ending to a show i mean really so we've got heel home roman reigns full-blown he's a heel he's got paul Heyman is not around faces it just doesn't happen so roman reigns is a heel he's got paul Heyman as his manager i'm all for it i really i'm looking forward to this honestly how did, yep. what, did you, what did you think about this matchup uh i really like it because we've been wanting Roman Reigns is a heel for years now, like five five or so years. Uh, I think the reality is we always wanted John Cena as a heel ever since the Doctor of Thugonomics, and we never got it. So here's the next closest thing we can get. He's going to be a great big heel now. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm down for this, man. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for heel Roman Reigns. Uh, and I guess we'll talk about that a little bit more when we go over payback real quick. Yeah. Um, before that, we should probably uh, take a break after that quick SmackDown recap. Yes. And uh, pay the bills. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back. This is Aiden Knight, and you are listening to Wrestle Life Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life. Wait a minute. Haven't I already done that? It feels like it. Yeah. Don't ask me to say, hey, Micah. I mean, I'm not doing it. Don't. It's, don't. it's too Hi, late. Micah. Let's get it real. Let's, let's get it right. It's hi, Micah. No. <laughs> not doing it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about payback now. And we're going to talk very briefly about it. I know we didn't give it any time before the show started. We didn't do a, a preview show because WWE didn't really give us anything to work on. I mean, we weren't going to, you know, we did it one time. I can't remember the pay-per-view. It, it was, was like six, eight months ago. And they had like three matches announced. I think it was Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it, was, it might have been Hell in a Cell. This literally, this is a pay-per-view with one week of lead-up. So Yeah. And apparently they did it. So they'd be two weekend wrestling shows heading into All Out? Well, joke's on them. Yeah, they want to watch, watch it anyway. I'm going to go to All Out and probably still buy the pay-per-view. So, Wait, why that. are you buying the pay-per-view? Because I'm going to be on it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I want to see my face <laughs> on the TV. Let's, let's talk about Payback very quickly. Okay. Did you watch Payback? I did. Okay. I did watch uh, so it. The, the Riot Squad beat the Iconics on the kickoff show. Okay. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Apollo Crews. Yep. Bobby Lashley made Apollo Crews tap. Apollo Crews was mad and attacked Bobby Lashley uh, after the match. Kind of dumb. Apollo Crews is a babyface. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's yeah. a Cody kind of babyface. All right. Uh, Biggie beat Sheamus. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Riddle defeated King Corbin. I will tell you, this is the only match that I did not watch because I knew I didn't have to go deep into the show. Well, don't worry. Uh, They're going to do it again. Yeah, I started late, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this. So I fast-forwarded it, and it was like 15 minutes long. Was it any good? No. Okay. No, I didn't like it. Uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler beat Bailey and Sasha Banks. This match was horrendous, except for the ending, which was so good. So good. Uh, Nia Jax and a lot is, of that was on Sasha and Bailey. It's not all oh, yeah. Jaina. 100%. Uh, Nia Jax is terrible. Let's be she's clear. Not, she's she's, not. And honestly, this is one of her better performances, and it was still yeah. bad. Yeah, it was very bad. Uh, but at the end, Shayna Baszler had Sasha Banks in a, I don't know what it's called, but it is some sort of like Cara leg. Fruta clutch, wasn't it? No, no, no. no, no. Had okay, Sasha okay. in the leg lock. I think it was yeah. like an Indian death lock kind of thing. Grabbed Bailey, put Bailey in the Karafuda clutch, and used Sasha's arm to choke Bailey. So good. It was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Pushed Shayna Baszler to the moon. Like I'm I'm not a huge Shayna Baszler fan because I'm not big into the MMA style. Uh, but I do like her quite a bit. And I fine. She'll like a killer. Have her turn on Nia Jax next week and have her just murder her. It's fine. Walk away with both titles. I don't care. They that would be great if she defended him by herself. Yeah. Be awesome. And just beat everybody. That's nuts. Uh, Keith Lee beat Randy Orton in a 10 minute match. Clean. Yeah. In the middle of the ring. So fine. Without his finisher. Well, I think that Spirit Bomb is going to be his finisher. Spirit Bomb is his signature move, as they would say in SmackDown vs. Raw. Yeah, I think it's going to be his finisher, though. It's a good finisher because, and the man, Randy sold it like death. Yeah. I love this match. I loved everything about it. Yeah. Uh, Minus, uh, of course, Keith Lee's interest music. Right. Um, his gear is better. He didn't have on a yeah. skirt. He had on the tight pants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was. I've, I've read that Randy Orton was told by Vince McMahon before the match, go out there and make uh, Keith Lee look like a star. 
Yeah. And he did. He made him yeah, like well, a superstar. I mean, he, he sold that move like death. He bounced three feet in the air from the mm-hmm. recoil. It's great. So good. Yeah. Keith Lee's going to be a big deal if they keep pushing him and if he gets better music. Because he, he's not going to get a big pop with that music. It's it's poorly mixed. It's just dumb. Uh, but the, the match was really good. And uh, Keith Lee could be a superstar. Good. Uh, the Mysterio Familia, or Ray and Dominic Mysterio, uh, versus Seth Rollins and his little buddy Murphy. Uh, Ray and Dominic won. This match was fine. Dominic got the pin over Buddy Murphy. And the ending had uh, Seth Rollins yell out, kick him in the head. He tosses Ray in the corner, but Ray reverses it. And uh, Buddy Murphy kicks Seth Rollins in the head, who gets rolled out of the ring. Uh, Ray takes him out in a really cool like sliding outside powerbomb. It was really, really cool. Uh, and uh, Dominic hit the 619 the frog splash on Murphy and got the pin. One, two, three. Yep. I was yeah. excited to win with to see him win with both of his father's moves. Yeah, one hundred. <laughs> his uh, daddy Ray and his daddy Eddie. Yeah, his poppy Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Now, I specifically said last week that if Roman Reigns won this match, that uh, we're no longer doing Raw and SmackDown. But let's let's talk about this because there's a lot to unfold here. It wasn't this. Oh, Roman Reigns came in and just destroyed everybody and won. The Fiend and Braun Strowman started this match. There was no Roman Reigns. The announcers or the commentators did not question it for six or seven minutes. The bell rang to start yeah. the match. Bell rang. Uh, because Braun Strowman attacked The Fiend before the uh, before his entrance. He just attacked Bray Wyatt. So they rang the bell, and I'm like, what are they doing? Uh, they fight all over the place. It was fine. Uh, I actually kind of liked it. A lot of people did not care for this part of the match, but I enjoyed it. Uh, but I'm a huge fiend, Mark, so maybe that's why. But they're just fighting each other. They do a middle rope suplex, and the ring is destroyed. Charles Robinson sells it like a champ. He's great. But the problem here is they destroy each other, and then out comes Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns signs the contract and enters the ring. Now, here's the problem. You can't do that. And I know that we complain a he lot. He just did. He, uh, he yes, just he did. did. We know wrestling is scripted. It is a television show. But there has to be, and I've said this a thousand times over, so I'm sorry for repeating myself, but there has to be some air of believability. There was no air of believability in this at all. Because the match has already started. I've heard people say that's the chains. The, the change he added to the contract. Oh, I could sign the contract whenever and come in. He came in with a steel chair already in hand. And then he um, dropped it and got the ring about it. All this was, they couldn't give Roman Reigns the money in the bank, so they gave him a money in the bank cash-in Yep. without the briefcase. That's all it is. Yep. You know what they should have done? If they're going to do this, just have him go backstage and steal it from Otis. Yeah. No, I mean, Otis isn't going to do anything with it, so. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't get it. Uh, Roman Reigns... Tried to pin The Fiend. The Fiend, of course, kicks out. He tried to pin Strowman. Strowman kicks out. They fight a little longer. He hits Strowman with 8 million chair shots and a spear and gets the pin. He leaves. It's it's worth mentioning that in kayfabe, The Fiend has ziggles because uh, he hit yeah. The Fiend with a low blow, and that's what got him out of the match. Yeah, and I do want to point out that he The Fiend no-sells everything except for a kick to the ziggles. And also, they destroyed the ring. Yeah. So uh, that's it. 
Yeah, did you say that? Yeah, right before Roman came out. Oh, I, don't, I don't listen when you're talking. Yeah, oh, well, thanks. But I just, <laughs> it is a problem, right? Like, it's so unbelievable. And I, I hate that they gave The Fiend the title for a week. That's really, really stupid. And people online are defending it saying, well, he's above the title. All right. Then don't give him the title. Yeah. So I I don't get it. I don't get it. I just want to say, I am a man of your word. I will not be reviewing Raw or SmackDown from here on out. I'm a man of your word. So (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, the the show was fine. Like the payback was in ring wise, it was pretty good. As far as matches go, it's actually better than I expected. Yeah, the booking was questionable. I just don't get the booking at all. Fine. It was a B minus show. It's, it was fine. If you want to go back and watch it, go for it. There you go. That's We're that's the, yeah. That's We're everything. Going. Yeah. Uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, the rumor is that Retribution is now a Raw faction. Let's say that. In, let's say that again. The rumor is that Retribution is a Raw faction. That means they're on the roster. <laughs> And they've signed a contract. They got drafted to Raw. This vigilante group. As a television show, Raw was incredibly stupid. As a wrestling show, it was okay. It's just so hard because, again, you if a regular standard sitcom was written poorly like this, you'd just stop watching, right? Like, that's why everyone complained. And I know it's not a sitcom, but that's why everyone complained about the last season of Game of Thrones, right? Still had the characters everyone loved, a lot of them, right? They had... A finale, but most of it is it's pretty accepted that most of the last season of Game of Thrones isn't good. How I Met Your Mother, same thing. And this is that kind of writing. I Yeah, I would say the last season of Game of Thrones had Vince McMahon level writing. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. So we opened the Thunderdome after giving the uh, Bob Armstrong graphic from Alabama, just like us. Yeah. I will go to the ring. Randy Orton's cutting a promo. His promo's good. Fine. Uh, he says he deserves the uh, title shot. He shouldn't have to go through any matches or a triple threat later, so we're having a mini tournament tonight. Uh, Keith Lee comes out and says, Hey, I see that you didn't mention me. Ha ha ha. They have a back and forth. Dolph Ziggler attacks Keith Lee. Randy Orton gets out of the ring. We go to commercial. We come back. Keith Lee and Ziggler are, are wrestling. Uh, Keith Lee beats Dolph Ziggler in a really dumb match, and the reason it's dumb is because Keith Lee should have destroyed him. Uh, but Dolph Ziggler basically beat him down the entire match. And then Keith Lee won with a spirit bomb. So there you go. It was fine. Yeah. And it's just, this is a problem with WWE matches. It's just like the heel controls the match and then the face wins, right? And that's that's wrestling 101. But the problem is Dolph Ziggler doesn't need to control Keith Lee. Period. Do you think that smart Mark Sterling is going to control any of the match with John Moxley tomorrow? I don't feel like he will. No, he's I not. I feel like he might not have any teeth left after that match. Exactly. Exactly. So, I just... Yeah. I, I, it's just it's just unbelievable. But whatever. It's fine. Keith Lee won. Good. Uh, we get a replay of Nia Jax and Shanna Baszler winning the title. Uh, they bicker like school children and say, you know, they're arguing about whose fault it was the match was won. Asuka comes up. She shoves... Uh, shoves Shannon Baszler and gets Nia Jax's face, so I'm assuming one of the two of them will be wrestling Asuka very soon. Or perhaps Asuka will get a new tag team partner. Wouldn't it be great if it was Io Shirai? I'm down for that. 
Let's do it. Hmm. So, uh, Adam Pierce is backstage with a bunch of goons, uh, security guards, and they're like, hey, uh, you know, Retribution kind of ruined the main event last week, and if it happens again, I want to find someone that can actually, you know, take care of, of these goons. So, you guys need to do your job. They say, yes, sir. They walk off. Do you like Adam Pierce being an on-screen role? Yes. I do. I think it's very good, actually. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm glad they good. have an authority figure that's not like Teddy Long or whatever. Yeah, not out. like an actual authority figure. But uh, so he's, he's just, just like, it's kind of like, it makes wrestling seem more real because you've got production team in the back and they're actually on the on the screen like trying to make matches and everything. I, I like it. I think it's interesting. Right. Yeah, I get it. Um, Charlie's, Charlie Caruso, Chucky Caruso, is in the ring. And Asuka cuts a promo and says of all the wonderful people she's beat, uh, and Mickey James music hits, which is great. We love Mickey James. Mickey James today, if I'm correct, is 43 years wow. old. She is not so, a bad looking 43. She is a very attractive lady. So she good is. for good for Mickey. She's done a she had a very good career, and she's uh, yeah, she's great. And I'm incorrect. She's 41, but still, she's very. Uh, Nick Aldis is why. That's, by that's the way. honestly that's a long career. For a yeah. female wrestler, you don't see that very often. No, you really don't. And good for her. She yeah. deserves it. Yeah, for sure. So Mickey comes out, says that she's going to be the next challenger. Then they're, of course, interrupted by Natalia and Lana. So for some reason, we get Lana versus Mickey James. Uh, Mickey wins in two minutes. It's the match everybody wanted to see. Yeah. Luckily, it was two minutes, though. It's what it needed to be. Uh, after the match is over, uh, we have in the back... I think it was Charlie, I can't remember. Someone is standing outside Aleister Black's door, and they're saying something about Aleister Black, and then Randy Orton comes out of the uh, comes out of the room. And let me tell you, I popped, and I don't know why. It was just so different. It just made the world feel bigger, made it feel more real. They're actually crossing streams here, right? They have different storylines going on at the same time, and they're not in their own little world. So I, I like that. That was cool. Yeah, I will say that Alistair Black may want to check his bags uh, after that. So Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I was waiting for Randy Orton to say, I'm sorry, I was looking for the bathroom. <laughs> it would have been funny if he would have said something. But yeah, he just walks away. Um, then Sarah's backstage with the Iconics, and she's like, Oh, I know you guys have been friends since high school. And like, yeah. And like, well, later on tonight, you guys are wrestling the Riot Squad in a loser-must-break-up match. How dumb is that? I mean, what the heck? And there's no buildup. They literally just wrestled the night before. Like, I would understand if, like, one of them got injured or something, and they had yeah. to do it, like, right now. But it doesn't appear that that happened. It appears it that they were just happen. like, Vince McMahon was like, you know what I want? I want one of these people in a singles competitor. I mean, it's, uh, it's dumb. It's dumb. Vincent Man doesn't get the concept that you can be a singles competitor and still be in a tag team. The only person I've ever seen do that is Big E. Yeah, and that's because Kofi, but yeah, yeah, Kofi too, but or the New Day, I should say, but yeah. that's because they refuse basically to break up, and not only yeah. that, the New Day as a group is one of WWE's best products. Yeah, I mean the New Day podcast. Come on, it's the second best wrestling podcast of all time. Yeah, first, <laughs> second best. First, first being Wrestle Life Radio, of, of course. course, of course. Um, Randy Orton comes out next after the commercial break. Kevin Owens comes out and gets stopped by Aleister Black, who absolutely murders him. He kicks him in the head, tosses him in the ring, and Kevin Owens is getting up. The ref is saying, you can't go. And he's like, no, no, I can do it. Uh, Randy Orton just kind of lets him chop him a couple times and uh, immediately RKO's him. 
One, two, three. Randy Orton is a genius. He is. Good stuff. Yeah, I thought it was uh, really good. Charlie is backstage with the Mysterio Familia. Uh, all four of them, actually. With uh, Ray, Dominic, uh, Angie, and I don't remember the, their daughter's name. I don't remember it either. But the four of them are there. Ray Mysterio, like, we were joking, and a lot of people have been online joking. I'm not trying to take credit for it. But we were joking that Rey Mysterio is the worst father ever, but he might just be the worst family man ever. Like, you have this sadistic guy who is basically threatened Angie on uh, the last pay-per-view, right? Yeah. And the, the last week, SummerSlam. And uh, they're like, eh, well, it's no, no big deal. Just come on. Come on the show. It's fine. No big deal. Uh, we're supposed to have Rey versus Seth later, but Rey is legitimately injured. He has torn his triceps. Luckily... It does not require surgery, so he's only going to be out for about two months. Poor Rey Mysterio, and I get that he's getting older, but he just can't he can't shake the injury bug, can he? He can't. And so. I will say, seeing them all next to each other is funny, because you got Rey, who's like 5'4". You got his daughter, who's like 5'6". His wife, who's like 5'8". And his son, who's like 6'4". <laughs> I mean, I would say that the Guerrero jeans are strong, <laughs> but uh, Eddie's wasn't exactly the tallest either. Yeah, and like Dominic's not even that tall. It's just that <laughs> Ray is so short, he comes off as tall. But wait, oh, that's not true. I get he's six two, so he's, he's tall. He's a decent sized dude. Yeah, yeah. So. Ray was saying in an interview one time, and this derails a little bit. He was saying in an interview one time that he saved all his gear when he was coming up because he knew one day his son was going to wrestle, and he said whenever Dominic was like eleven, he could wear it. So he's like, oh well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like he did all that work saving his gear for nothing because when he was 12 he was fitting into it that's so, amazing that's yeah, great pretty funny yeah so mvp and shelton midgerman are hosting the vip lounge they introduce bobby lashley who makes his way out they start talking about apollo cruz uh and then cedric alexander cedric alexander comes out and the three of them walk up to him and say guess you changed your mind you're gonna join us he says no the Viking Ra- he said, I didn't come alone. The Viking Raiders attack them from behind. We get Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders, which is all three members of the Hurt Business. Uh, Cedric Alexander wins with, uh, guess what? Guess what Guess what he did? Guess what he won with? Was it a surprise roll-up? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. How did, I don't know how I guessed. It's like yeah. a 50-50 chance. It was yeah. either a surprise roll-up or DQ. Yeah. But here's the thing. It was, this, was, this one made sense. But it's just they do it all the time so you get sick of it. But this one yeah. actually made sense uh, after Cedric got the pin. Uh, Shelton and Bobby wanted to attack Cedric, but MVP held them back. He had this smirk on his face. Yeah, uh, I, don't okay. wanna, I don't know what uh, I don't know what was going on there. I saw this segment, and I was confused. Yeah. Um, Titus O'Neil's backstage. He's warming up for Raw Underground. Fine, whatever. Uh, we come back from break. The Hurt Business are destroying Cedric Alexander backstage, and MVP is saying over and over, "You got to be taught a lesson. You go and learn." I'm like, great, just fine. Cool. Uh, number one contenders match. Losers must disband. The Iconics versus the Riot Squad. Ooh. Guess what kind of... Guess how this match finished. Was it, a, was it a DQ? It wasn't. It should have been. But it was a surprise roll-up. Yeah. So Billy Kay gets rolled up. The Iconics must disband. Uh, they are livid. They are very sad. They are crying. They're probably legitimately livid. Yeah, I mean, they're probably not happy about this. I wouldn't be. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Dominic. Seth Rollins wins. The match was good. Dominic is way better than he should be. 
at his he age really with his training. Yeah, I will. I am curious to see how he wrestles against somebody other than Seth Rollins because that's all he's wrestled. Right. Because Seth Rollins is legitimately one of the best in the ring yeah. at this current time. So we will see how it goes when he wrestles someone less, uh, less uh, professional, I should say. Okay. Uh, he wrestled Buddy briefly in that tag match, and uh, also Buddy's also very good. So, yeah. Um, Seth Rollins defeated Dominic with a curb stomp. After the match, he curb stomped again. They go back to see Rey Mysterio and uh, the ladies in his family, and Rey's like, "Oh, okay, I can't let this happen," and he just walks off, never to be seen again. There was no follow up on this. He's like, "I gotta, I gotta go," and he just leaves. Uh, yeah, I don't... This is what happened. I don't get it. Uh, we're at Raw Underground now, so which means we're at the third hour. Uh, Titus O'Neil beats a couple jobbers. Riddick Moss gets in the ring. They have a good back and forth. Uh, Riddick Moss gets the win. Uh, and chances later, we'll see Jessamyn Duke debut at Raw Underground. Fine. Uh, the Street Profits are backstage. They cut a promo. It was dumb. Uh, they're amazing. The promo was bad. Uh, that's not true. The promo wasn't bad. It was just poorly written. It was a WWE promo done by one absolutely outstanding professional in Montez Ford and another very, very good promo in Angela Dawkins. I just, it's, it was dumb. They, they, I, I'm not even getting into it. It was stupid. Go back and watch it if you want to. It was too What's the deal with their cup thing when they enter? Like, the cup's running? That just seems like it's thing. bad for the environment. I hope they reuse those cups. <laughs> I don't think they are. No. We'll come back from a break. Akira Tozawa drives up and, and some guy says, like, are you on the list? And he's like, of course I am. I'm the 24-7 champion. What's your name? Akira Tozawa. And these are my ninjas. Yep. That, that is what he said. That is what he said. So we, uh, he goes, I'm sorry you're not on the list. And of course I am. He gets out of the, gets out of the car or the van, whatever he's in. And he grabs the list. He goes, oh, yo, man, this list is blank. He rips the jacket off the guy. Who's wearing a referee shirt? It gets rolled up as the ninjas go, boss, boss, boss. One, two, three. R Truth is now your 39 time 24 7 champion. Uh, he runs off after he beats up a couple ninjas. This was stupid, but I just, the 24 7 title is worthless. Why are we even giving it any airtime at this point? I don't know. I feel like it should be like a social media title at this point, at the most. Yeah. They kidnap the referee, F referee making him. Uh, uh, chase our truth. I actually know why it's on TV because they have three hours to fill and they don't know how to do it. That is very possible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, tornado match. Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Angel comes out with what's her name? The uh, blonde girl from Demi? The Bachelorette. Demi yeah, something. Demi, Demi something or another. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. This match is great, but I mean, how many times are we gonna have to see it? Uh, Montez is doing his little Hulk up Batista thing on the rope. And uh, the lights go in and out. Angel Garza says, nope. And nope's out of there with Demi. And uh, Zelina Vega and Andrade and the Street Profits are there. Uh, Retribution comes in. They destroy all four of them. Uh, they did make it pretty clear that it was women attacking uh, attacking Zelina Vega, which is, I guess, good, especially if you want the show to be PG or TV-14, even. Um, it, was, it was just fine. But then the prop, they go to commercial after this. And when they come back from commercial, the commentators are like, we're so glad that we're going to get to join the Peacock streaming service. And I'm like, you just had four of your competitors get destroyed by a bunch of vigilantes 
And now you're talking about a streaming service, guys. It's just so poorly written. It's just so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I just... That's all I got to say. <laughs> I, it just blows my mind. I don't get it. We've got a Raw Underground. Shane Man hypes up Jessamyn and Duke. Billy Kay and uh, Peyton Royce are there. Jessamyn and Duke beats up a nobody. Uh, Marina Shafir beats up a nobody. And then Peyton Royce rolls Billy Kay into the ring. And Billy's like, what are you doing? And then Billy gets destroyed by Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. Shane McMahon awkwardly hugs, uh, does a sidearm hug to Peyton Royce, who looks like uh, Shane paid $50 to get a picture taken with her at a con, and she didn't really want to do it. exactly the one I thought. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't want to take a picture with him. It was so weird, and I just... Why would Peyton Royce just turn on Billy Kay like that? They literally said... After the match, not only are they not, you know, not only are they no longer tag partners, but their friendship is destroyed. Just please. What? It's stupid. We come back from the break. Shane McMahon is on underground again. That's not true. I'm sorry. We we go outside of the doors of Underground, and Apollo Crews is there, and he says he's going to take on Shelton Benjamin later, uh, which is dumb because Shelton Benjamin's already been in a match. But hey, you know, whatever. If, if you can't write, you can't write, right? Um, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander says they have Apollo's back. Then when we come back, we're back on Raw Underground. We have Shelton Benjamin versus Apollo Crews. The match lasts, lasts 90 seconds. And then... Uh, Ricochet and Cedric come in because Bobby Lashley and MVP interfere. Uh, the Hurt Business leaves these three jobbers on the ground. Go backstage again. Angel Garza and Demi are booking it out of there. Uh, and they open a door to see Retribution. Or excuse me, Retribution comes busting through the door. They look horrified. Angel Garza runs away. Demi doesn't notice. The Demi eventually turns around and runs. Uh, as Retribution slowly makes their way toward them, going, "Yeah, you better run." Yeah, it was, uh, like it's much ridiculous. Yeah. ridiculous. You better be glad he's holding me back. Nobody's holding you back. Uh, no one's holding you back. <laughs> so, uh, triple threat match number one contender: Orton Lee and Seth Rollins. Uh, Keith Lee dominates this match. Uh, this is a very well-told match. The story was great. The reality is Keith Lee is going to be a superstar unless Vincent Man changes his mind the next month. That's that's where you're going. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee spirit bombs Seth Rollins. Seth sells it like a champ. He backflips through the ring. Uh, Randy Orton sneaks in, hits the RKO on Keith Lee, but instead of pinning Keith Lee, he jumps over Lee and pins Seth Rollins, who got hit by the spirit bomb. One, two, three. Randy Orton is your new number one contender and will probably beat Drew McIntyre. At Clash of Champions. I think this is the perfect way to end this match, honestly. Yeah. It was fantastic. It put Keith Lee over. Um, Seth Rollins can afford to take a pin for the second time tonight. Or this week. Yeah. Whatever it was. Was it tonight? No. No, it's the first time tonight. But he didn't get pinned in the tag match. Uh, Murphy did. Mm, That's true. That is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He can afford to take this pin. And uh, not only that, but Randy Orton won with Keith Lee's finisher. So He did. Or, or non-finisher, whatever it is. Whatever it ended up being. The Spirit Bomb. Yeah. So, I really like the way they booked this match. I thought this was a good match. Yeah, it was. Oh, and I also want to point out, before I forget, that before Seth's original match with Dominic, Buddy came out with him, and Seth berated him 
uh, told him to leave and think about what he did because he kicked Seth in the in the head the night before. Uh, and as Buddy turned around, Seth Rollins like paintbrushed him, slapped him on the back of the head, and Buddy did not look happy. So we might be I seeing uh, I wouldn't be Buddy happy. Murphy. Yeah, might see Buddy Murphy Solar on here pretty soon. I would be not surprised to see them turn Murphy face. Yeah, because Aleister Black is no heel. So, yep. You know those two have always got a feud. Yep. And I'm always okay with it. Yeah, they're great. If there's a feud you're going to drag out, it's this theirs. Yeah, 100%. But yeah. So this show, I'm just so indifferent to Raw right now. Because in ring, this is a good show. But the reality is the writing is just so poor. There's so many roll-ups. I just, I just don't care anymore. And I know that's terrible. But I, I'm just so indifferent. Like, we were talking about this before we started recording. I'm so indifferent to the WWE right now. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a fair grade, but I'm going to give it a, a B-, minus, which is the same thing I gave Payback. Because in-ring, it was fine. But it was just so... It felt thrown together. And I think it probably was. I actually didn't grade SmackDown, but I would give it a B- minus as well. So I think everything gets a B- minus from me this week. Um... Yeah, but like I said, I'm a man of your word. No more WWE products for me. <laughs> it's, this next week is going to be pretty hectic. I honestly don't know if we'll be able to do a Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, to be honest, week. we probably won't be doing Raw and SmackDown the next week because the reality is um, you and I will, and, and Carol and Riley will be doing um, uh, Dynamite AEW and All Out. Uh, so this this is probably going to be an AEW. We're going right? to be traveling to, to Jacksonville and back. Yeah. Um, so like Matthew said, no more WWE. And when we come back, let us know what you would think. So I've, I've been wanting to, to run this by you guys, our listeners. How yep. would you feel about AEW and NXT every week instead of AEW, Raw, and SmackDown? I know we may have a lot of fans of Raw and SmackDown. If you want us to continue to review it, we will, because we care about what our fans think, unlike Vince McMahon. But, uh, <laughs> if you would rather listen to us do AEW, a Wednesday Night Wars podcast, We'd be happy to do that as well. We'd probably enjoy our lives a little bit more, if we're being honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know what you think. I may make a Facebook poll, see what you guys think, if yep. you're stuck around this long. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame because when Raw and SmackDown are good, they're very good. The very moment good. with Roman Reigns revealing that Paul Heyman was his uh, manager. I yeah. popped for it. I really did. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee beating Randy Orton at Payback. I popped for that. Uh, even Randy Orton beating Seth Rollins and Keith Lee this week on Raw, that was right. a very good match. It's a shame yeah. that the good is just segmented by so much crap. Yeah. but I agree 100%. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 127, my gosh, of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends. You can follow us at Russell Life Radio on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow us at Russell Life Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at Russell Life Matt on Instagram and Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, we very much appreciate you, and we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Hi. <laughs>